Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So hello there and welcome to a brand new episode of the DNF1 F1 podcast, the show where we take all of the latest news, gossip and events in the world of Formula One and we relay that back to you for your listening or viewing pleasure, depending on which platform you choose to follow us on. And just a quick reminder to you guys, for those of you who haven't checked out the Azerbaijan review, please make sure that you do. It is on the YouTube channel and on all major podcasting platforms. So make sure to check that out. Just a quick reminder, it is out. It went out on Monday. For those of you that haven't seen it, I've heard a few of you uh, message me saying that you didn't come up on your notifications on YouTube. Make sure to check that out. But of course, let's get into this episode of the DNF1 F1 podcast. Now, a little bit of a different tactic. We normally go for race previews and a few of the hot talking, talking points, I suppose, throughout the season. But one thing that we haven't really looked into, whilst all of the whistles and the bells and the camaraderie and the euphoria that's going around the current championship battle between Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen and Mercedes and Red Bulls respectively, we haven't really paid much attention to the guys in the number two seat, that being Valtteri Bottas at Mercedes and Sergio Perez, the Azerbaijan Grand Prix winner, in Red Bull. So in this episode, we're going to take some time now to have a little bit of a discussion as to what role currently these two drivers are playing, not necessarily to their team leaders in Hamilton and Verstappen, but also the overall team, the overall constructor at Mercedes and Red Bull, and of course, how things are faring and how their seasons are shaping up. And of course, what lies ahead for the future, as I'm pretty sure they'll be well aware of. But joining me on this discussion for this episode, it is my co-host, Courtney Piney. Courtney, as always, how are you doing this evening? You okay? Yeah, hello, everyone. Um, doing well. Um, slightly muggy um, here in London, as it usually is the moment it gets warm. But um can't complain. Things are going well. And as always, I'm always looking forward to having these discussions with you, Adam. 
Yeah, and it's extra reason to be a little bit excited, of course. For those of you who are from the UK will know that uh, the COVID vaccines are now being ramped up for those of you aged between 25 and 29, which of course includes yours truly and Courtney as well. So if you have the opportunity to get vaccinated, please, please, please do consider going online and booking your vaccine as soon as you can. Um, Not a sponsored health message in any way. I just feel like as a citizen that's obviously doing his part to get vaccinated from covid i think everyone else should be doing the same but of course that's the last you're going to be hearing from me on that topic but let's um get into the discussion courtney so we're now six races in to the formula one season in 2021 so many stories so many talking points already none less more significant than the championship battle that we're seeing between Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton at the moment, which of course is going swings and roundabouts with every passing race with a brand new tale to tell. But in particular, the untold story, or at least until he won this weekend's Azerbaijan Grand Prix, was the, not so much rivalry, but obviously the chapters that are being written by Valtteri Bottas and Sergio Perez. And I think we should probably start with Sergio Perez, given that he was so successful in this Azerbaijan Grand Prix. First things first, Courtney, if we can sum up Perez's 2021 start at Red Bull so far, would it be fair to say that it possibly has gone as as expected? Or do you feel that Perez has perhaps exceeded expectations? I think we're slowly but surely seeing the um, Sergio Perez that we expected. Um, the start of the season wasn't the greatest for him, but we're seeing with so many drivers that have changed teams, they've struggled. It could be with a change in regulations. Because, you know, we've seen it with likes of Dan Ricciardo. We've seen good drivers struggle when they've moved teams this season. But he's certainly becoming the driver that we expected. Very, very impressive in Baku. Um, and, I, and I said in the, in the, um, in the review for the, the Baku Grand Prix that it's worth noting that Sergio Perez was unlucky to not lead even ahead of Verstappen off that first pit stop. It was only because of a slow pit stop from, from Red Bull that Perez wasn't leading. Perez was impressive throughout the weekend. Saturday wasn't great. But I think we are really are seeing the Sergio Perez that we know. And I think the another thing that's vital in his championship is that one of Lewis Hamilton's main strength is tyre preservation. But it's also a strength of Sergio Perez. So his upturning form could play a big role in this championship battle. Absolutely. It, it certainly could. And I think it's important to note, whilst we're on the subject of the Azerbaijan Grand Prix, there definitely was the perception that at least in the early stages of the race, that Perez, when he got himself up to that front group with him, Hamilton and Verstappen, he looked to be the fastest and most comfortable of the three drivers. Now, a lot of people can throw the caveats and saying, well, Max was leading the group and he was obviously controlling the pace of the race to his liking. But throughout the entirety of that opening stint, you had the team radio messages going back and forth with Max and his race engineer saying, we just need to preserve this. We need to preserve that car management. Of course, everything seemed okay, but there was always small hints that there was something that they were managing or Max wasn't allowed or able to extract the maximum pace and run off into the distance, which he well could have done if he wanted to. But in Perez's case, Perez had got up to the back of Hamilton and was very much harassing him and keeping him honest and making sure that, 
he was very much backing up his teammate. And then we saw in the second stint, impressively so, and we talked about this in the last episode, that Perez comfortably kept Hamilton behind him in a situation where the pressure cooker really should have been turned up to maximum. I mean, Sergio Perez had never raced Lewis Hamilton, in my mind, in competitive machinery ever before. So for the first time where he's actually been in that situation under pressure from a Lewis Hamilton who was mighty in that final sector, really, really impressed me the way that he handled himself to a point where it never felt that he was in any real danger, despite Lewis always being within a second of him. So when you take all that into consideration, I think what we saw in Azerbaijan with Sergio Perez is perhaps for the first time since he's been in a Red Bull car, the whole package in what Red Bull were hoping for when they signed him. And I think what a lot of the fans were hoping for, because we've been down this road with a few of the other drivers. And of course, we'll get into comparison with that for a moment. But is that something that perhaps you felt as well, Corny? Did did we start to see the overall package, the real Sergio Perez, finally for the first time get to grips with this Red Bull machinery? I think we are seeing that, but... I just hope he can keep this up because we've seen with other drivers that have been teammates with Max Verstappen, they have faltered due to the the fact that it's fairly clear that Max Verstappen is the favourite driver at Red Bull. Nothing against Max. We know how good he is. But it is very much clear that Max Verstappen is the number one driver in that team. And for other drivers, it can break them mentally. So I just hope that Perez does keep this going because I think Perez at this stage, a lot can change with development and the track specifics but at this stage it does look like Sergio Perez could make the big difference when it comes to the outcome of the Constructors' Championship in particular. Well that's the most important thing as far as Red Bull are concerned of course perhaps you'd have to ask them if they would prefer a situation where Red Bull won the Constructors' Championship, but Hamilton won the Drivers' Championship, or would they prefer Verstappen to win the Drivers' Championship and Mercedes to win the Constructors? Now, of course, depending on who you're asking at Red Bull, you might get a different answer. Given how dominant Mercedes and Hamilton have been in this turbo hybrid era, I would not be surprised if the leading figures like Christian Horner or Dr. Helmut Marko prefer to see Verstappen win the championship and Red Bull not win the Constructors' Championship. And I think one of the biggest reasons is retention of a driver like Max. I feel like if Red Bull had won the, win the Constructors and Max is not able to win the Drivers' Championship, Red Bull might feel a little bit guilty about the fact that for whatever reason they couldn't, if it was on them that Max didn't win the Constructors' Championship, that Max didn't win the Drivers' Championship, I should say. As I said, a long way to go. And as things stand, it certainly isn't looking like right now Red Bull are not giving Max what he needs. Perhaps earlier in the season, we might have been arguing the contrary, particularly in Bahrain with strategy on that. Of course, in Barcelona, we said something similar. But Max is really delivering where he needs to. And we've always argued that he's needed a teammate. And to not necessarily of his own doing, but by virtue of the aura of someone as good as Max Verstappen is and the way this car seems to handle in his hands, his teammates have always struggled. So the fact that Sergio Perez, at least from what we saw last weekend and steadily we've seen signs of progress, it seems Red Bull was starting to finally, perhaps for the first time since Daniel Ricciardo left them in 2017, have a driver that can really start to take it to the leading teams 
um, and, and also get the results. And more importantly, if Max can't deliver the win, pick up the pieces and get it himself. Of course, it's still early days, but he's already achieved more in these first six races than Alex Albon and Pierre Gasly have probably combined in their efforts altogether. Yeah, I think another thing we need to bear in mind is the situation we're in when it comes to the performances of the entire grid. Right now, we have a two-horse race at the front, and I feel there's too much of a gap between Mercedes and Red Bull to the guys behind generally, like McLaren, Ferrari, etc. So with this in mind, it's so important for the number two drivers to pick up maximum points in any situation because... That's what's going to happen. If Lewis or Max have a bad weekend, it's going to be down to Sergio Perez and Valtteri Bottas to pick up the pieces because they're not. It's unlikely in a normal race that Ferrari, the Ferrari drivers or the McLaren drivers, are going to get those maximum points. So at this stage, as I've already said, I just if they stay on the same level performance-wise, I, I think Perez could have this in the bag for Red Bull. Yeah, I mean. Sergio Perez, obviously, with that win, becomes the only driver to have won a race in two different teams in the Turbo Hybrid era. Incidentally, also became the first of two drivers this last weekend to get a podium in four different constructors in their F1 careers. Um, Sebastian Vettel being the other one for Aston Martin. So, you know, you look at these achievements from Perez and they're certainly starting to rack up. With his second win, of course, his first for Red Bull will give him the world of confidence. Something perhaps he lacked a little bit when he, the last time he was in a big team at McLaren back in 2013, of course, he had that podium in Bahrain. But in other races, he really struggled and perhaps made more headlines for rubbing up his teammate the wrong way in Jensen Button, particularly Monaco was a great example, versus what he's doing right now. What would you say, Courtney, has been the big difference between Sergio Perez in getting on top of this Red Bull cart, delivering the result he did at the weekend compared to Sergio Perez eight years ago in the McLaren? I think the struggles that he went through, there's been several occasions where he probably thought he wasn't going to have an F1 seat altogether. And with those kind with, with that with that sort of pressure and like negative experiences comes maturity. And I think that's probably the most vital thing here, you've got to remember, Sergio Perez was still quite a young and raw driver when he uh, was racing at McLaren. And he's learned a lot, you know, obviously with big regulation changes, having to learn how to use new cars. And with those experiences come together, he's a much mature, he's a much more rounded driver. And the way that he's performing at this very point is perfect for a team like Red Bull. Yeah, it certainly is. And I think this is something that Red Bull, as I said, they've craved for a long time. I mean, Christian Horner, was speaking after Perez had won in, in Azerbaijan. And he said, well, we knew Perez was good around here. We didn't realise he was that good. And I feel like on merit, Perez, as you mentioned earlier, Courtney, could have challenged Verstappen for the win. Of course, it would have been interesting to see how that would have gone down. But one thing that's impressed me with Perez is that he is very much aware of where he is and what is required in this team. I've never seen a driver as talented and as experienced as Sergio Perez who has a history of inter-team battles that have not necessarily gone in the, the way the team would want them to, has been so good at being able to just say, right, I know that this is the Max Verstappen show with respect to Red Bull. 
And I know that I am here to help win a Constructors' Championship. And if I can, help Max win the Drivers' Championship. Of course, you know, he'd be aware that if he was in this picture that in position Max is in, they probably he probably would expect Red Bull to support him. But what's impressed me the most is that he's taken all that on board and he's not exactly driving like someone who's going to be subservient to Max Verstappen. But I'm pretty certain that if he was given the instruction or told to do a certain thing to help Max, he would put down tools and do it. And yeah, that, and that is critical this season. I mean, yes, some people say, oh, well, Perez is doing this to get a new contract and then we'll see the real Sergio Perez come out, perhaps when he's got something a bit more long term. That is possible. But I feel like the game he needs to play at Red Bull is not necessarily to give them no reason to drop him out of fear that he'll go and do this somewhere else and be a, a be, um, you know, a threat to them. But it's more about I need to show them that I'm a team player. I've got my reputation from my days at McLaren and forcing the old racing point, if you like, and they don't exactly express that I'm a team player. But in Red Bull, that's something they crave. If they wanted to sign a renegade or someone that wanted to take charge of this team, I don't think they'd be looking in the direction of Sergio Perez. No. And I think that would have been part of their decision making, because let's not forget last year. They really, really, really wanted to keep Alex Albon on. And I'm utterly convinced that if things open up, perhaps to Alpha Tauri and they're not able to put someone in that seat to replace, the, say, Pierre Gasly, Alex Albon will be first on the list to get that call back. Same thing if the Red Bull thing doesn't work out for Perez. Alex Albon will be first on the list to get the call back. But with all that in Perez's mind, he's still able to do the team job. And as we've seen in the last couple of races, particularly at Azerbaijan, pick up, uh, the points if Max Verstappen's not able to deliver. And I'll tell you what, guys, as long-winded as that sounds, that is incredibly impressive to, first of all, know your worth, but also pick and choose your battles because we've got 20 guys out there that certainly do not want to play second fiddle to anyone. And with respect to Perez, he's not doing that, but he knows what he needs to do and has accepted his role to the point where Red Bull are thriving at the moment. Well, this is a thing. He's become a fighter, but not not a fighter to the sense where he's a threat to anyone he races. He's he's become those experiences of almost losing his seat. Like, let's not forget this wasn't a one-off thing because there was there was talks of him losing his seat altogether this season. But when Force India went bust, it was actually Sergio Perez's connections that actually kept that team afloat for them to then become racing points. So. Those experiences have just made him become a much better team player. And the way that he can nurse a car's tyres is that sort of thing you can't learn overnight. So those two aspects put together, you've got yourself a prize asset in a team for like in a team like Red Bull. Hmm. I mean, we shouldn't get carried away with what Perez has just done because obviously yeah. it's one race. This season, I mean, I'm just looking at Sergio Perez's stats since the start of the season, and I can run them down. Obviously, Bahrain, he came, you know, he finished fifth um, in that race, but he obviously got bogged down at the start of the race because of the issues with the car. He finished 11th in Imola, a race where you and I both agree, Corny, should have at least been on the podium of. He was on the front row, could have challenged for the win, and it completely went to put. Um, you know, so he would have let himself down there. But then afterwards, it's fourth place in Portugal, fifth place in Spain, fourth place in Monaco. Now, of course, we're talking about a car here that should be fighting for race wins. So fourth place and fifth place doesn't sound amazing. But what you're seeing there is a trend in the last four races where he's picked up 
a total of my maths is right or just trying to fit the top of my head 67 points or probably actually no not that many sorry I have my maths is wrong on that one actually sorry counted wrong uh 67 two twelves 34 quick maths going on here <laughs> 59 points right 59 points there we are there we go. Uh, I, you can tell I've had an accounting exam this afternoon and my brain is absolutely fried of numbers. But yeah, 59 points in the last four races. Now, that's already more than what Valtteri Bottas has for the whole season, by comparison, mm. who you would say would be the immediate rival. Now, you know, so you've got to look at it with the perspective that while Sergio Perez got off to a slow start, he started to pick up performances. And in fairness, in one race this season, he hasn't scored points, not really delivered. But in the other five, that's kind of what Red Bull will be expecting. They're not always going to be looking for a podium finish, although they probably feel like they could get one at almost every track they're going to. But what they're looking for is the consistency of a driver like Perez to have to do the job in this championship to help Verstappen, help the team, but pick up big points almost everywhere he goes. If he can do that, there's going to be a very good chance that Red Bull will win this Constructors' Championship because right now in the Mercedes garage, they have one guy firing in Lewis Hamilton at the moment, but the other one in Valsu Bottas by comparison is not quite all there at the moment. Um, I mean, what's your take on this situation at Red Bull, Courtney? I would, I would ask about not getting too carried away here, but do you feel already Perez could be doing enough already to convince Red Bull to keep him on for next season? Or do you feel that there's still a little bit more he needs to do to get re- to get Christian Horner and Helmut Marco to say, right, we want to keep you long-term? I'm sure they won't be making any rash decisions, but I think given that he's just joined a new team, I think overall he's been a solid driver for them. And I think... The comparison you have to give are the previous teammates, Max Verstappen, maybe barring Ricardo. Ricardo done this job against Max overall, but other teammates have struggled. But it looks like Sergio Perez has the maturity to deal with that kind of environment. And I would be very, very surprised, even at this stage, if they were to replace him next season. Yeah. And I couldn't think of anyone else really that they should consider putting in that car. For me, if I was the Red Bull team boss, I would, after that performance, I'd sign him up for another season. I feel like, you know, Red Bull have been searching for a long time for a successor to Ricardo, And Perez right now is on the same sort of form after the first six races that Ricardo was in 2017. Now, Ricardo had won two races by this time. So to put it all into perspective, Perez's performances are consistent enough to convince Red Bull that he should be there long-term. And the experience that he has in getting up to speed with new cars and tyre management and everything else, it's a no-brainer. Perez is one of the best drivers at picking up results in chaotic races like we saw last weekend. He did the same thing as Sakir last season in a car that should have been nowhere near the top step of the podium, let alone get it. So I just feel that the only thing I suppose they could ask more of Perez is to just keep on Lewis's toes, put him under pressure, put Max under pressure to make sure that he's able to deliver, not to the point where it's going to affect his own race, but to the point just to remind him that he needs to keep his A-game at every single race. So more performances like we saw in Azerbaijan certainly will help Perez go a very, very long way. Yeah, and I think it will spice up the championship. I think he's going to play a, he's going to play a big role in this. Yeah, you're right. And, and, and let's be honest, I I said this before and I'll say it again. It's really strange, but refreshing to see another team do to Mercedes what Mercedes have been doing to everybody else the last seven years. The way that 
Red Bull manipulated and controlled that race with the two Red Bulls ahead of Lewis and everything, you know, went with it. It was very reminiscent of what Valtteri and Bot, uh, Valtteri and Lewis did and what Lewis did with Nico years ago. And I'd never seen anything like that in the Turbo Hybrid era. I'd almost forgotten what that's like to see a different cup team doing that. And it certainly was on merit. So if Perez can keep that up, there's absolutely no reason why Red Bull should not be giving him a long-term deal. But Let's move over to the other side of the garage now. We've obviously heaped loads and loads of praise on Perez. He's done a great job to pick himself up after the slow start he had. But on the opposite side, we have a driver in Valtteri Bottas, who for the last few years has been driving to stay in the team for the next season. He's been driving for that next one-year contract. And every single year, we always get the same old not necessarily promises, but statement of intent for Valtteri and those around him to say that Valtteri is going to be much more competitive. He's going to be more of a uh, fawn in his teammate's side, if you like, when he was the only competition. But this season, there is other competition, some real competition that we haven't really seen since 2018 when Ferrari and Sebastian Vettel were fighting Mercedes. And when you feel like you need Valtteri Bottas the most, like we saw in Azerbaijan, he was absolutely nowhere. And there's a lot of reasons that we could put that down to. But Courtney, I'm sure you probably have a few theories you'd want to share as to why Bottas is struggling at the moment to really fight alongside his teammate so uncharacteristically. I think there are two reasons for it. I think, first of all, to consistently be beaten by your teammate in the manner that Lewis has beaten him. And some of the incidents we've seen where he's been asked to move over, I think we've seen him becoming demoralised. By it, you know, because he, he he must be aware of the means and the sort of perception that people have of him as the perfect wingman. And then obviously you've got the, the Valtteri's James thing. That's always been there for him. He's always been seen as like the the latest Rubens Barrichello, for example. And I just think maybe slowly but surely he's kind of been grinding at him and you know, trying to refresh himself every season just to find himself getting beaten time and time again. I think he's starting to become a beaten man. And look, I'm no, I've, I've not any sort of insider when it comes to Formula One, but I have a strong feeling that George Russell might already be agreed in principle to join Mercedes next season. And maybe Valtteri is aware of this because his performance in Azerbaijan seemed to be that of a dejected person. The way after that restart, the way he lost four places. It really does seem dejected. And I think maybe Monaco played, played a part as well because that was a big opportunity for him. He was much better than Lewis over the Monaco Grand Prix. Let's be, let's be honest about that. But that big opportunity went missing because of something that was out of his hands. So he, he just seems like a man that feels like the world is against him at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I would absolutely love to have a Formula One driver on this podcast one day and ask him a question regarding what, goes into the mindset of a Formula One driver who not only has doubts about his own future within a team, but already feels like he has a feeling that this driver that's gunning for their seat may have already striked to deal with them. Um, the, the one good example I can think of was back in the mid-90s in 95 when Jean Alesi and Gerhard Berger were driving for Ferrari and they kind of already knew that their time at Ferrari was up. Um, the links to Michael Schumacher were amazingly intense up to the point where Lacey had won the Canadian Grand Prix. He basically went out and said that Ferrari had been so focused on Project Schumacher and 
you know, we, we just weren't enjoying our time there. And it was in Ferrari completely turned their backs on us. Of course, it was set in frustration. But to say those things in the way that he did and know who Ferrari were trying to court at the time, of course, you know, what happened happened. But it must have some effect on your performance because you look at Valtteri Bottas right now, the links to George Russell have been there for ever since George Russell stepped into a Formula One car and won the F2 championship with ART back in, um, back in 20, uh, 2017 or no, 2018. 18, yeah. 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 I get my dates wrong. Ralph. Yeah. But back then, you know, it was a completely different situation. Now, of course, George was always touted for a seat at Mercedes, but with every passing year, there's always that question of will he, won't he? And what more does he need to do to prove to Mercedes he's ready? But in Valtteri Bottas's case, you know, we, we've always talked about Bottas as a man who mentally, you know, goes about his own business the way he wants to and has almost had these epiphany-like moments, if you like, where he's reinvented himself, he's going to be more aggressive, he's going to be less, not subservient, but less of a gentleman behind the wheel and really get his shoulders out. And we've seen that on occasions. You remember Australia in, what was it, Australia 2019? The old, yeah. um, you know, to those it may concern. And then, of course, he repeated that a few times. And we're talking about a guy here that's won nine Grand Prix, has got 59 podiums, has come runner-up in the championship on two occasions. You look at someone like that with all those stats and that they stack up against so many of the all-time greats. So, Courtney, I guess I should ask you in this case, how much do you feel like these rumours about George Russell and the potential risk that this could be Valtteri's last season of Mercedes, how much do you feel that's really playing on his mind? Is it the out-and-out out reason for his lack of performance in the last couple of races? Or do you feel like there's something else there that we're not really seeing at the at the point in time? Or at least it's not being made um, public, as far as we're aware of with Bottas. Look, I'm sure he has heard plenty of talks, whether it be at Mercedes or in the F1 paddock in general. Let's think about what we've just discussed. We just discussed a driver in Sergio Perez, who has been in great form and his performances could be the deciding factor in a Constructors' Championship. We are seeing somebody at Mercedes in Valtteri Bottas that is clearly struggling. So the management at Mercedes are rightly going to be thinking, doesn't seem like Valtteri can deal with the challenge right now. We have to look at our our next option and it's been clear that George Russell has been there or thereabouts for quite a while now so Valtteri is in a position where the slightest sort of consistent slip-ups is going to cost him his seat at Mercedes so given the way this championship's going we are seeing Mercedes become more flustered and I just feel with Sergio Perez's form making a difference to this championship at this point I think Mercedes is going to have some serious thoughts about bringing George Russell in next season I suppose one question I probably should ask, because this is something that I've noticed as well, is a very sudden paradigm shift between the two teams in a contrast. And on the one hand, before this season, you had Red Bull who very much in Max Verstappen's corner, trying to give him every opportunity they can to get him the car that he needs to challenge Hamilton and the Mercedes. They've done that this year so far, and it seems to be working a treat. Everyone seems to be happy in that regard. But there was always the issue of the second driver. And I think one thing that a lot of us felt 
when we were watching the likes of Gasly and Alex Albon and even to an extent Ricardo as one of the reasons why he left is there didn't seem to be much love left over to nurture the second driver or to make them feel wanted or to give them everything that they need to do the job for the team, even if that meant, you know, support Max. I don't even think they were given enough support and love and nurturing to do that. Now, I know a lot of people say, well, these are the best drivers in the world. How much nurturing are you going to give them? We've got to be honest here. You know, when you have a one and a first driver and a second driver, every team has one. They can't run. No team can run with two drivers on equal stats. I don't care how they try and spin it to say, oh, we give our drivers a free reign. You've always got a designated number one driver and a designated number two. And even with the best, best teams, they've always had an environment where the number two driver, even if they're not the guy to get them the results or get them the wins, they've always looked out for them enough so that, if their number one driver is not able to deliver more often than not, they will pick up the pieces only until this season. I think it's fair to say we haven't seen that in red Bull. all of a sudden it's now shifted back into that way. Now, of course, Sergio Perez is owed a lot to this because he has done his part. And I think red Bull were expecting to do that. And it's made their job a lot easier than perhaps it was when things were difficult for Albon and for Pierre Gasly. And as we've seen by their contrasting form for Alpha Tauri before or after, you know, as seven to that. In Mercedes, however, we've seen the opposite. We've seen a team that very much was behind Lewis Hamilton and backing him all the way. But because of how dominant they were, they were always there to support Valtteri Bottas, at least in the earlier years. Even with all the rumours about George Russell and everything else going off in the background, we always felt that Mercedes were running their two drivers in the way that a team should do. And Red Bull were the ones that perhaps needed to give more care for their second driver and were too focused on the first one. It seems to have shifted the other way. And despite the long, long way that I've gone about in actually trying to make this point, Courtney, I'm going to summarize it in one question. Do you feel that this paradigm shift that we're seeing at Mercedes, at least, seems to be more of their own doing? rather than Valtteri giving them nothing to smile and support him about. And when I say that, I mean, look at Monaco, where Toto Wolff tried to lay some blame at Bottas for the pit stop error, which seemed really harsh at the time. Mm. But then you've also got the wingman comment. You've obviously got the links with George Russell and everything else. And the amount of times that they've not really gone out and backed Bottas unanimously, unanimously and given him the support, it is going to knock away a driver down. So I feel like Mercedes are, to a degree, the, the well, the orchestrators of their own downfall, or at least Bottas is downfall in this case. To an extent, I must agree with what you're saying. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's tough for somebody to be coming up against one of statistically the best drivers of all time. Uh, but that's why Mercedes are going to put so much faith in Lewis in comparison. And I think another thing worth bearing in mind, I think, Maybe this is probably what's frustrated most F1 fans about Valtteri is that Valtteri has shown that he can beat Lewis on a Saturday. On quite a few occasions, Valtteri's been fairly strong on a Saturday, but his race pace simply isn't good enough. It really isn't good enough. There'll be times where he'll be on pole position, he'll be a strong for all the sessions. Come come Sunday, he'll start off the race, he'll be ahead for maybe a dozen laps. Then Lewis just wears away at him mentally and gets to overtake nine times out of ten. So that's the big part of Valtteri's racecraft that he really needs to work on. But yeah, sure, like, be, being, be 
being a part of one of the biggest teams comes a lot of pressure, comes a lot of uh, criticism. And that's what I said, that's what I said at the, at the very start about Valtteri. We've we've seen we've seen the memes, we've seen he, he, he does see what's what, what's getting said about him. He is aware of it. And I'm pretty sure there are murmurs of these things said within the team as well. And I think it, it really has started to grind him down. Absolutely. And no, as I said, I say this with the utmost respect for Mercedes and Valtteri Bosses. I'm not at all suggesting or implying that this is all Mercedes' fault and that they're basically just beating Bottas to the point where the cow's not given any more milk, so you can't beat it anymore. Like, it's not, you know, that aside, um, probably not the best metaphor. But anyway, the point is, is that I just feel that right now when Valtteri really needs that support and that network to really... If anything, to G him up, it's not happening. Now, you know, I always think back to Ferrari in 2018 when they told Kimi Raikkonen at the Italian Grand Prix after he got pole that Charles Leclerc was replacing him next season. And of course, we saw how that race panned out. Raikkonen was not giving Vettel any love nor money and it cost Ferrari the race potentially. But Raikkonen was defiant and carried on. He even won the US Grand Prix towards the end of his Ferrari time, which of course was a great moment. In Valtteri, as you mentioned, Courtney, because of his links with George Russell and the potential that Russell may, if he hasn't already, sign a deal with Mercedes for next season, take Bottas's seat. But when you look at Valtteri Bottas as a whole, I still consider him to be one of the best drivers on the grid. And a driver on his day can be a match for anyone. You mentioned his qualifying performance. But for how long can we keep using the excuse that... Valtteri Bottas is up against statistically the greatest driver of all time, performing as well as he ever has done to a point to defend him. Because there comes a time where we've been saying, people have been saying for years that there are other drivers, so many drivers or half the grid, if you like, that could do a better job than Valtteri. I don't personally believe that, but it feels like on days like we saw last weekend that perhaps we can't use the Hamilton caveat anymore to defend him. Well, yeah, we spoke about Sergio Perez taking full advantage when Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton struggled. Valtteri was in a, had a real opportunity to stake a claim to go, you know what, I'm here, look, I'm going to pick up some good points for the team. But let's, like, let's not forget, though, that the Mercedes really did struggle and it just seemed that Lewis got on top of the car a lot better. But in terms of that opportunity that he had, given the circumstances, the gulf in the, between, like, the gap in confidence between Perez and Bottas was so painfully clear to see that I just think that I know you can't sort of sum up a season based on one race, but I just feel that their respective performances do represent where both of those drivers are mentally right now. Mm. Okay. So we're only six races into the season and I think, We'll make this the last point and then we'll sign off because I um, don't want this to be going on too long. But we're six races into the season now. Sergio Perez, third in the Drivers' Championship, where we expected him to be, give or take, third or fourth. Valtteri Bottas is dropping further down the order now. I think he is sixth behind Norris and Charles Leclerc. So with all that in mind, we've got 17 races left to go this season. So still a long way to go, two thirds of the season left. Is there anything right now, Courtney, that Valtteri can do to secure his seat for next season? Or do you feel at the least 
he needs to just do this for personal pride. And if so, what can he do to get back to his absolute best where he's on the fringes of his teammate and, of course, given the Red Bulls a, a run for their money? So, yeah, let's say we're in a situation where Valtteri can save his seat and they're going to judge him over the next few perform- uh, performances. I think the saving grace is that Mercedes are expected to be a lot stronger in, in these coming races. So these are the races where Valtteri is going to really have to knuckle down, not only for the sake of the two respective championships, but for his Mercedes career, even though I do feel that George Russell has already been announced. But if, yeah, if he, if he does have a chance, coming into circuits like France, Austria, um, Silverstone, where Mercedes are traditionally strong. So I do believe that, yeah, this could be a chance. I'm not sure. I do feel that George Russell has already been uh, agreed in principle, though. Hmm. And I suppose that if that is the case and Valtteri's form doesn't pick up, if you were Mercedes' boss, would you be tempted to swap them earlier, perhaps, if that was possible, uh, to win the Constructors' Championship? Or would you try and hold on to what you've got and hope that Valtteri can at least play his part? See, this is... I can only talk from a personal perspective, and this is why I could probably never be a Formula Manager. I'd be soft and think, you know what, Valtteri's been a great server for Mercedes since he's joined the team. Let's give him the respect that he deserves and give him the full season and then move on next season with George Russell. Because hmm. it's the longest partnership of any team mm. in Formula One at the moment. They've been together five years. So it's not like Mercedes have not given this a go. And of course, it's run, it's had a lot of success. Valtteri has played his part in the last four or so years, a part of the Mercedes success story, has contributed as much as Lewis Hamilton has to a degree. Um so it's certainly not an easy decision to make, but it's one that I'm pretty sure if it hasn't already been made, there certainly have been discussions on it. All I can say is I absolutely hope that Valtteri can refine his form because whilst it's amazing that Sergio Perez has now thrown his hat into the ring and is now playing his part in this championship battle between Mercedes and Red Bull, we really need it to be two against two here. We've never really had that. Never really had it. Ferrari gave us the odd occasion where we had it. I think Silverstone 2018 was one of my favourite races, particularly the final stages where you had Ferrari and Mercedes fighting each other um, wheel to wheel. And other than that, that's probably the only time where we've actually had that in the Toba hybrid era. Amazingly, in seven years, the only one occasion I can think of where we've had both drivers from two teams. It's certainly not like it used to be back in the old days where McLaren versus Ferrari or Ferrari versus Williams or uh, McLaren versus Red Bull, of course, in the early 2010s, etc., We've really not had that in a long time. So hopefully it happens. That's all I can say. As I said, guys, if you've enjoyed this discussion, please leave a like. And of course, please feel free to weigh in on your comments. What should Mercedes do regarding Valtteri Bottas? Do you feel like they should make changes sooner or do you feel they should give him a new deal? Or do you feel perhaps they should promote someone like George Russell or maybe even look outside the team? And of course, what would you do if you were at Red Bull with Sergio Perez? Would you give him that new contract now? Or do you feel like he still needs to do a bit more to earn that second season? at Red Bull. Of course, if you haven't already, please consider subscribing to the DNF1 F1 podcast. We publish one or two episodes a week. And of course, in the next episode, we will be previewing the French Grand Prix and we will hopefully have a brand new guest 
for that particular episode but of course we'll find out as the days go by in more detail as always Courtney thank you for joining me once again on this episode always a pleasure and thanks uh, for listening to uh, my monologues regarding uh, Valtteri Bottas because it's a topic we do discuss a lot in person yeah it certainly is and I feel like it deserves an episode all to itself and I think we've given a really good go at it from a discussion perspective but anyway guys of course as always make sure to stay safe thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you in the next episode of the dnf1 f1 podcast take care Podcast Network.